For those of you who don't know me, I'm John McGew. I'm the community pastor. It's been a little while since I've been up here, so uh, I just wanted to introduce myself first. Uh, give Colin them a hand. Man, that was great to worship this morning. All right, so this, this past month, we've been talking about relationships on a lot of different levels. Um, you know, we started out in the beginning of the month, we were talking about our relationship with the Father through John 8. Um, I'm going to move this thing out of the way so I don't trip over it. Um, we were walking, talking about the, our relationship with the Father through John 8 uh, and 27 through 32, and then we went on to connect relationships in Acts 2. Uh, and then the, the week after that, we went into servant relationships. And then Scott talked about covenant relationships last week, um, talking about how we're one body with many parts and the deep dive thing we did on Wednesday night. So um, I'm going to kind of build on that a little bit. We're going to talk about how we steward those relationships well. Um, if you guys want to catch the whole story, there's, there's three of us preaching this morning, and Kyle's pretty much builds right into what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I'm sure Nick's is probably going to be the same way because that's what the Holy Spirit does. So um, the, uh, uh, I want to start with Matthew 25. So starting in Matthew 25, verse 14, um, I'm going to read out of the NLT. Um, this is where Jesus gives the parable of the, uh, the talents. And... Um, and to me, when we're talking about relationships and we're talking about stewardship, my brain goes here. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through this, and then I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit for you guys. So uh, Matthew 25, starting in verse 14, says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the, by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave, them, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it into proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. The servant who had received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who had received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip, and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you've given me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, invest having harvested crops that you didn't plant and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I had harvested, that, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops that I didn't cultivate, why didn't you just deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, 
Even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, so I'm going to read Matthew 25, 29 again because that's where we're going with this. So Matthew 25, 29. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. I'm going to pray real quick. God, I just want to thank you so much for, for just being an amazing God that, that we wake up every day to a brand new day that you created ahead of us, Lord. Thank you for creating this world, for creating us, for giving us an opportunity to be able to walk in this life with you. God, I just pray that, that as we steward all of what you created, Lord, as, 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 as we operate in this lives as, as a direct image of you to this world around us, Lord, that we would be wise stewards of the things you placed in our care. God, I just pray that you would just speak this morning, that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're doing around us, Lord. You speak through this message. Put me aside and, you, and let your Holy Spirit speak. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. So in regard to relationships, right, like God entrusts all kinds of stuff to us. He entrusts us with, with our finances, with, with, our, with our home relationships, with our friendships, with our, with our work relationships, and, and with our work, with the work of our hands, right? He entrusts us with all kinds of stuff. It's not, it's not one or the other. It's not, it's not just your finances. It's not just your, just your friendships. It's not just your marriage relationship or your relationship with your kids. It's everything, to, down to the breath in our lungs. When we wake up in the morning and we take in a breath, we played no part in that other than bringing in the breath. And really, that was given to us by him. So everything that we experience in this life, everything that we taste, touch, smell, see, experience in this life is all because of him and what he did. So we're just stewards of that. When, we look, when you look back in Genesis, you look back in the, the creation account when God went and created man in, in Genesis, the Genesis 1 account, it says that he created them, male and female, he created them in his own image. We were created in the image of God to be image bearers to the rest of the world. Um, so when we walk out our lives, we should be, when the world looks at us, they should see a reflection of him in everything that we do. Um, the, the best way that we do that is by serving, right? So Kyle talked about it last, or in the, in the first service, but um, Jesus served, right? Whenever he called his disciples, and right before he, or when, after he came back from the dead and he went and stood in front of his disciples and he called them out, he said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lo, I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. His command, his last command to the disciples was to go and make disciples. When I read through that, I go back and I go, okay, so if, if, if it was important enough to Jesus that, that the last thing that he wanted to say to them was go and make disciples, then it should be that important to me to keep that at the forefront, right? But what does it mean to go and make disciples? We think of discipleship, we think of, uh, we think of the disciples following Jesus around and Jesus, Jesus giving all these parables and teaching these lessons and everything. Jesus had, had very intimate personal relationships with every single one of his disciples. He, he walked with them every, he lived with them 
and walked with them, and they experienced life together. That's what discipleship is. Discipleship is walking together. It, it's, uh, Bobby, Bobby shared this with me from, uh, from a message that he had heard before where, uh, where the disciples, you, you knew, who a, you knew a disciple, who a disciple was because they would have the dust of their, the person that was discipling them on their feet. They were walking that close behind them. Um, Jesus served them. He, he took a servant leadership approach when it came to how he was raising up those leaders, the, the people that he was going to build the church off of. Um, so in the beginning of the year last year, we were sitting down as pastors just talking about how, how do we steward well the things that God's placed in our care. And um, we started going through a book. We, we did this book called uh, Empowering Leadership. And in the book, they use this serve acronym that they stole from Chick-fil-A. So we stole it from them. So, um, so sir, serve, uh, do you have the graphic? Did I give you guys the graphic? All right. So the serve acronym is see the future, engage and develop others, reinvent continually, value relationships over result, and embody the values. Um, when I saw that in the book, I immediately went, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, like the... The steps of serve make a whole lot more sense when you explain the context behind it. So um, reading that scripture, that parable of the talents from Matthew, where Jesus says, hey, the kingdom's going to be like this, right? The kingdom's going to be, he uses several parables in a row where he goes, the kingdom's going to be like this. And then he lays something out. And the kingdom's going to be like this. And he lays this thing out. And, and one of them was the parable of the talents, where where he gives them the talents, they go and invest them where they don't, and they tuck them up underneath the rug, right? Um, so in that, when I go through that, I start thinking about that stewardship principle from Matthew 29. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little that they have will be taken away. When I read through that, that's a, that's a spiritual principle and promise to us. God's saying, hey, if you steward things well, then I'm going to place more in your care to steward. If you don't steward things well, even what you think you have, I'm going to take away and give it to somebody who, who will steward it well. And we see the evidence of that in the way that we steward things. If we steward things poorly, the fruit of that is going to be that God takes things away from us that we're not stewarding well and places it in the care of somebody who does. If we steward things well, then we start to see the fruit of that. God starts bringing more things for us to steward, more, more relationships for us to steward, more finances for us to steward, whatever that is. God, God adds to those who steward well. So if we believe that to be true, our very first step should be to see the future, right? If we believe that to be true, hey, I'm going to steward this well. God's, given me, God's placed this fire in me to go and steward this thing, right? And, and I'm going to steward that to the best of my ability. I'm going to take kingdom principles and I'm going to put them, to, put them in application as I'm serving. Then it's natural that we should be looking forward into the multiplication that's going to happen from that because Jesus promised it to us, right? So if we steward this well, then it, things are going to be multiplied in my care to steward, then chances are things are going to look a little bit different 
in the future from now, right? So our first step as a leader is to step forward and go, okay, what does the future look like? If I steward this well, if, if I take what God's placed in my care and I steward it to the best of my ability, I take God's principles that he laid out in the Bible and I'm putting those things to practice and I'm stewarding it to the best of my ability, what is, what is it gonna look like three, six months from now? What's it gonna look like a year from now? What's it gonna look five years from now? What's that gonna look like? And am I being intentional about setting myself up for success in that as that grows, because that's part of stewardship too, right? So, so our first step is to see the future. The natural next thing is to engage and develop others. So we go from, we go from okay, God's, God said that he's going to multiply things that are in my care if I steward it. Well, things are going to multiply. I believe him. I believe that to be true. I'm stepping out in faith and, and, and the way that I'm putting all this together, the way that I'm allowing him to walk me through putting this together, I'm taking steps that he's calling me to take. Now, this, as this grows, I'm not going to be able to maintain all of it, right, by myself, so the natural result is to engage and develop the people around you. You go, you go okay, well, I'm stewarding this well. It's growing. Say, I'll use the context of a small group. So I, I use this with, with Kyle with, uh, with Coastline because Coastline blew up over the last year, right? Like, so, uh, so in the context of small group leadership, right? Like I, God's get, set a fire in me towards the next generation, right? So I'm stewarding this well. I'm going to start pouring into the, this next generation all the truths in the scripture that I can pull out of there. I'm going I'm to start engaging and developing these people, and I'm going to start building them up towards Christ. I'm going to try to make them look the way that God wants them to look. They, I'm trying to, I'll, I'll show them what their identity is, that their identity is not what the world says they are. It's not what their wife says they are. It's not what, it's not what their, their boss says they are. It's not even who they say they are. Their identity is found in Christ. I'm going to show them that so that they can center themselves around that and they can start to grow into what God created them to be, to be image bearers, a tripart being father, he's father, son, Holy Spirit, the, the tripart head, right? He created us body, soul, and spirit. Quickened his spirit back and made it alive in us. And because of his spirit, now we can walk with him. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pour that into the next generation. I'm going to teach them who they are. And I'm going to show them who God says they are. And then as they step up into their callings, as they start to get excited about it, and they start getting fired up about this thing that God's placed inside of them in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit starts speaking to them, I'm going to go, hey, man, how can I come alongside you and equip you and build you into what your calling is? As a leader, that's, that's strong leadership, right? That's, that's the engage and develop the people around you. That, that's going, hey, I'm not just going to plug somebody into this spot because I'm, I've got a hole here. I'm going to plug this person into their calling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help equip them, and I'm going to pair them up with somebody else who has that same calling so that they can disciple them through it and help them to grow. So as we do that, we engage and develop the other people around us. Reinvent continually happens naturally because as things grow, they change, Right? So as things change, they grow, yes. But is all change growth? No, right? Sometimes change happens as a result of our failures to listen to him. Sometimes the things that we experience in the world around us and the, and the fruit that we see in our ministries, in our lives, in our relationships, at work, at home with our kids, sometimes the fruits that we see of those things 
are are a direct result of our failure to listen and follow him. But the reverse of that is true as well. All of the time, when we follow him, the fruit comes out as the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? When we see those things in our lives, we also see the gain that happens because of the stewardship principle. We're stewarding this well. God's multiplying the things in our care. Things are growing and they're changing. They're changing in a great way. People are, people are rising up. God's placing people into, into the gathering right now. I look around at what's going on here. I meet new people every day that God has equipped in some crazy way. And I'm like, man, what in the world is that person doing here in Surf City? <laughs> like, like, like that qui- equipping on that level is not expected here. But God goes, you know what? You guys are stewarding this well. Here, steward this well. And a crazy amount of awesomeness happens from there, right? We go, we go. All right, here's this. Here's this new person. They're equipping, and they're they're fired up towards whatever. And and most of the time, when we find out what they're fired up toward, it's a need that we have inside the body, right? Because God created us one body with many parts to operate together as one body with many parts in our giftings. But somehow the American church has turned it into, I'm going to stand here in a pulpit, you're going to stand there in rows, and I'm going to to use my gift and preach to you, and you're going to sit there and receive that, and then you're going to go away. And then maybe you come back the next week, right, and you'll do the same thing, and then you're going to go away. That's not what you read about in the scripture, When you read through Acts and you read through that first church and those people operating inside their giftings and they're they're all going in unity and prayer and as as community, Bobby talked about it in in the the connect relationships in Acts, in Acts 2, it says that that they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. They devoted themselves to that community. They devoted themselves to breaking of bread and to prayer. As they devoted themselves to that, they're they're lining themselves with the Holy Spirit and they're centering themselves out there. And as they're centered up with the Holy Spirit, they all naturally come together in unity. And they start to walk forward into the calling that they have. As we reinvent continually, it's easy to get focused down on the task, right? It's easy for us to go, Okay, this thing's changing, and as a result of this change, I need to shift the way that I'm leading this. I need to shift the way that this looks to facilitate where it's headed. And sometimes in the process of that, we get so laser-focused down on the task at hand of let me, let me change this to, to facilitate growth that we lose relationships. We forget to communicate. We forget, we forget to connect with each other. And when we do that, we lose both right? We, we, lose, we lose the end result because now we're not one body with many parts working together towards the same goal. Now we're just going after some vision that somebody set out, right? That somebody, some person set out. It needs to be here. When we lose relationship, the value relationships over results, we lose both of them. We lose the relationship and we lose the result. God designed us to work in community with one another. He designed us to walk out this life together, not alone. Somehow, in the mix of all that, we turned things into a very different looking machine. Um, 
We want to get back there. We want to center up with the Holy Spirit. The last one here, both of these last ones, value relationships over results and embody the values, both of these are self-checks. Everyone's a leader in their own right. If you're sitting here going, well, that's great, but, but I'm, not really, I'm not really like leading anybody, so I don't really need to like engage and develop people. I don't really need to do this, all this stuff. If you're sitting there thinking that, you're wrong because everybody's a leader in their own right. If you know it or you don't know it, if you're intentional about it or you're unintentional about it. Um, so be intentional about it. The last two things, value relationships over results and embody the values, both are self-checks. So value relationships over results requires us to go, okay, it's, it's not about the task. It's about, it's about the development of the people. In Matthew 16, when Jesus calls, when, when Jesus is talking to Peter, he says, Peter, you are the rock on which I will build my church. He didn't say, Peter, you're, you're the rock on which your church I will build, right? He didn't, he didn't say, Peter, you're the rock on which I will build your church. <laughs> he, he said, I will build my church. God's going to build the church. It's his church. It's his bride. He places people into the context of, of the body and that unification of the body and speaks the Holy Spirit into them and, and quickens giftings in them to do his work. When, when we make it our own or, or we, we try to do the work for him, it doesn't work the way it's supposed to work. So we have to value the relationship over the result because God, and God values the relationship over the result. It happens through relationship that we, that we hit the end result that he's trying to develop. And the last one is embody the values. So embody the values is if you're not doing those first four, if you're not seeing the future, engaging and developing other people, reinvent continually, value relationships over results, if you're not doing those, those self-checks there, then, then you're not stewarding well the things that God's placed in your care. If you're, if you're not stepping into the calling that God has for you and centering yourself out with the Holy Spirit in the midst of all of that, then you're missing it. So I want to challenge you guys, as, as, we're, as we're growing as a body, this place is, has blown up. Even though we're reduced in numbers right now with coronavirus, uh, the depth of where God has taken us over this past year has been incredible to watch. And God's placed people here that, that are here for a reason. And, and it's not to sit in a chair. It's, it's to put to, to use the gifting that he's placed in them. And if you're, not, if you're not operating in the gifting that God has given you, then you're crippling the rest of the body. When the foot does the job of a hand, it, it looks funny and smells funny, right? <laughs> it's the same inside the body. If we, have, if we have somebody doing something inside the body of the church that isn't their gifting and isn't their calling, then it's going to look awkward and it's going to feel awkward. When, when people step into their callings and, and they allow the Holy Spirit to use them the way that they were built to, to work, the whole thing works better. Um, so I just want to challenge you guys in that. If, if, if you find yourself wanting to get plugged in and you don't know how, 
Come talk to somebody. Go talk to somebody over in the Connect booth over there. They'll be able to get, get you pointed in the right direction. Come to talk to me, and I'll help get you plugged in somewhere. If, if you find yourself sitting there going, well, I don't, even, I don't even feel like I have a gift. You do. If you're a believer, if, if you believe and you've received the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has placed a gift in you. All of us. So if that's the case, come and talk to one of the pastors. Come talk to one of us and let us help you, like walk you through that. We'll disciple you through that process. Help you figure out what it is that, that God's placed in you and, and what he's calling you to. Because God doesn't, God doesn't just call us out from our bondage and from all these chains that we've been carrying around so that we can put other chains on. He calls us to freedom so that we can be set free so that we can operate in the freedom that he has for us. So um, don't, don't shy away from that. If you, if you feel a tug on you for that, you feel like God, God's directing you towards something, step into that calling. Um, I, I don't know how to say that any, any other way. Um, I'm going to run back through these so, so the see the 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 serve acronym the way the way can you pull the graphic? Oh, you already got it back up. All right. So the see the future piece of that. I mean, like I said, it's as God equips us as as we are stewarding things well, things change and grow, and and as they do, we have to look ahead. Um, so what does that look like in the context of of your your work position of your of your life, like with your spouse, of your relationship with your kids? Um, in, in your area of ministry for serving inside the church, um, in the workplace? What does that look like? What does see the future look like there? Engage and develop others. What does that look like inside of those contexts, inside of your family, inside of, inside of your, your relationships at work, your sphere of influence? Reinvent continually. Are you doing these things? Value relationships over results. Embody the values. Um, I challenge you guys as this week goes through, look at those in context of your life and the, the different areas where God is calling and equipping you. Look at, look at those, those five pieces there and ask those questions over yourself. How, am I seeing the future in this area? Am I engaging and developing the other people around me? Am I reinventing continually? Am I valuing the relationship over the result? And am I embodying the values? Because if I'm not, when I try to disciple somebody else through that process, they're going to be deaf to it. All right, so I'm going to pray. The worship team's going to come back up, and we're going to have a response time. If you guys feel a call towards that and you want to talk to somebody about that, I'll be up here. Bobby will be up here. Um, if... Uh, if, if, if you're sitting here going, man, I don't, I don't feel like I have a gifting. I don't even know what it means to receive the Holy Spirit. I don't, I've, I've been struggling with my identity, letting the world pin identity on me, and you need to talk to somebody about that. Come talk. Um, but y'all uh, just, just ask yourselves, am I stewarding well? Am, am I stewarding well the things that God's placed in my care? We're going to pray. God, I just want to thank you so much for the life that you give us. Thank you for this church family, God, for, for the body that you've placed here, for the, the, the many giftings that you've placed in the body here at the gathering. God, thank you for, for bringing awareness to me 
and, and the failures that I've made over the last year in regard to these things, God. And I just pray that, that as we move forward into your calling, as we, as we step into the, the unknown, as we step out in faith, knowing you are who you say you are and you do what you say you do, that as we step out into those things in faith, God, that, that our belief would grow. That, that our belief in you would grow to a level of, of where, where we no longer doubt when you call us into things, Lord. God, I just pray that, that you give us eyes to see what you're doing around us, Lord. That, that you, you open our ears to hear from you. God, I pray that, that as, as we grow as a body, as we, as we move towards what you're calling us into, God, that, that you, would, you would equip people in their callings. And, and that as, as leaders, we would surround those people and build them up. As, as just as people, as, as parts of the body, that we would, we would center around each other. And we would build each other up, not tear each other down. That we would, we would edify one another, that we would speak encouragement over each other, that we would speak blessings and not curses that we would build each other up into what you want us to be. Because that's the only way we're going to be able to, to effectively do kingdom work. God, thank you for all you are and all you do. We love you.